Market View on Money FM 89.3. Ryan, good morning. You, you heard that traffic. There's a lot going on, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds a bit crazy because it's not raining, so yeah. I can't figure out why. Yesterday was pretty bad conditions, and it wasn't as severe as this. Yeah, I'm... Um, what about the markets? Are they being a bit careful, a bit cautious today or not? What's going on it there? It is very careful in the markets right now. In fact, if you look at what's happening in the opening numbers, very flattish and maybe actually a bit more cautious. You've got Japanese markets just above water by 0.05%. Mm. And so pretty much flat. Korean markets also flat. And Australia underwater by 0.7%. So a rather mixed start, um, maybe even negative if you want to look at it that way. What's worth noting is Korea has just raised its interest rates. So it's the first major Asian economy to do so since the pandemic began. And this is from 0.5% to 0.75%. And this is to curb surging household debt and to cool brisk consumer prices and an overheating housing market. So that is the um, latest information that at least Korean investors are digesting. So a bit of a cautious start there. Of course, many investors watching on the sidelines as they uh, look out for what's going to happen tonight with the Jackson Hole Symposium kicking off, Mm. looking out for more signals of tapering there. Uh, Otherwise, not a lot of huge headlines to trade around. We do have some earnings coming through, um, but before we get there, let's recap what's happened overnight on Wall Street. It was positive, but with very marginal gains. So we are looking at gains of just 0.1 or 0.2%. Uh, the Dow was up around 40 points or 0.1%, and that makes it a four-day winning streak, closing at 35,405. The S&P 500 at 0.2%. And that is now at a new closing high of 4,496. And also a new record high for the Nasdaq Composite up 0.1% to 15,041 points. And with that, you've got the um, some drivers. That includes the higher 10-year note um, bond notes, yields, that went up 5 basis points to 1.35%. And that lifted the stock prices of banks. JP Morgan mm. was up 2%. Wells Fargo in the green by 1.9%. And worth noting, we've got a couple of earnings coming through. Um, what caught my eye was Salesforce.com. Yeah, they've suddenly uh, posted some uh, strong gains, haven't they? Quarterly sales. They are doing very well. This is the CRM or cloud-based customer relations software provider. Mm, yep. So many companies use it for managing their relationships with customers. And they posted a strong gain in the quarter and so much so they are boosting their forecast for annual revenue. So it's a sign that businesses have fastened their pace of spending and are buying a broader range of IT products from them. So quite a robust set of numbers. So for revenue in the quarter ended July, uh, it was up 23%. So sales at $6.34 billion. Profit was up to $1.48 per share. That blows away the consensus forecast of $0.92. And it is looking at a pickup from uh, in IT spending as companies restart plans and projects which were halted by the pandemic. So it is still riding strong um, in the recent quarters. And another piece of earnings data coming out from Qantas this morning. And this is a rather optimistic picture. It's 
giving an outlook that both international and domestic borders are going to be on track to open by December. So international travel come yeah, end I, of the year. I'm going to be very cautious on this one because I, you know, I've been a bit skeptical uh, that things are going to get kind of back to normal with regards to travel. You know, Australia, it's kind of odd because they don't have, you know, quite the, the, the number of cases that the rest of the world has. And the vaccine, uh, the vaccine rates have, are not that high. Yeah, so you do have um, this coming off the back of its earnings announcement. And looking at those earnings, what it has done is it's still a loss of around $1.7 billion, mm. but it is slightly narrower. Um, it is looking at a more uh, brighter outlook in the coming year. Uh, it says you know, things are on track in terms of the vaccination rate in Australia. And that means uh, quite likely the borders, those restrictions will be gradually reduced and what that means is it will be looking to restart some of its routes with um, similar countries with the same vaccination rate. Mm. So you are looking at a couple of places like the US, the UK and parts of Asia. So from mid-December, Qantas and Jetstar will be reinstating international schedules between Australia and low-risk countries. And that includes Singapore, Japan, Canada and those countries I just talked about. So it is going to be a promising thing to look out for, but like you pointed out, it can easily turn another way. Yeah, look, uh, just a few days ago, uh, you know, Singapore announced that uh, flights from Germany, people coming from Germany would not have to quarantine and then the, the cases spike up just a day later. We've had the Hong Kong bubble uh, that has burst a couple times as well. So, you know, it, these things can happen. It's so fluid, isn't it? It is. And talking about airlines, Delta Airlines in the US also making the news. <laughs> this one is interesting, this one. Yeah. So it's all about the debate between people who are vaccinated and not vaccinated. So mm. this is focused on employees. If you are not vaccinated as an employee, they will be imposing a $200 surcharge per month on you. How do you feel about that? Frankly, that's something I'd expect uh, closer to home rather than in America, given uh, how people you know, sort of talk about wanting to have their own individual rights here. But if it's a way, an incentive to do it, then I think I'm all for it. Yeah, so this is all part of the push to get more people vaccinated or at least encourage them to do so. And part of the, I guess, business reason is because insurance costs more yeah. for those who are unvaccinated. So they want them to foot the bill and to foot for the extra testing that is required um, because um, this is what's going to be happening in the US. You do have some pockets of the population unvaccinated versus those who are vaccinated and it will be in a way the new normal in terms of managing mm. this two different groups. And also in recent days, we've got the full approval in the US by the FDA of the Pfizer vaccine. So that was the impetus for many of these companies to push forward with this vaccine mandate. So I think we can expect more similar types of policies from companies to nudge their employees a bit harder to push out the vaccination rate. But that'll be good news for everyone else because it will mean a step closer to normalization. I mean, 75% of the workers there uh, with uh, Delta Airlines fully vaccinated. That's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, you're approaching the kind of rates that countries would like to have. Yeah, so that might push it even higher. Mm. And with that, it will mean border restrictions uh, reduced even more. Mm. So hopefully that is what is needed to just put the recovery back on track. 
Now, a final story here, which is close to my heart, milkshakes. Yeah, so... <laughs> Why has that grabbed your attention today? Tell us. <laughs> the UK has run out of milkshakes. Start, I tell you what, riots in the streets on this one. This is huge news. <laughs> okay, at least in McDonald's. McDonald's UK has run out of milkshakes. So... What's going on here is supply chain bottlenecks, ah. constraints because of Brexit. Yeah. So what's happened is they have trouble finding the truck drivers and everything else that's needed in the supply chain to deliver the ingredients for milkshakes. So that has seen some several big name companies running out of stock on particular items. For example, McDonald's on Tuesday said it ran out of milkshakes across the country. Can you imagine that? McDonald's running out of ingredients. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought that? And and I know that it's going to upset a few customers as well. Yeah, I'm not sure what they'll do about milkshakes. But <laughs> another company that is also suffering from the bottle chain uh, supply chain bottleneck is um, Nando's. They've been forced to no. close 50 restaurants across the country because of shortage of chickens. Yeah, I love my Nando's as well. I love the British Nando's. That's where I first had it. And uh, that is a massive shame for me, actually. That's bigger. That's a bigger shame than the milkshakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, same for KFC then. They yeah. also ran out of some chicken parts. So some items are out of the menu in the past few weeks. So tough times if you are a fast food junkie in the UK. Well, having been in quarantine for two weeks, all of that sounds very, very good at the moment. Uh, and uh, let's hope that the supply chains get sorted out. Ryan Huang, thank you very much. Uh, Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.